is up, everyone? Welcome into episode six of the Modern Drummer Podcast with Mike and Mike. I'm Mike Johnston from Mike'sLessons.com, and my co-host, who will be joining us shortly, is Mr. Mike Dawson, managing editor of Modern Drummer Magazine. Mike and I have a ton of stuff to talk about this week, including the news that Peter Erskine and Robert Sput Seawright from the band Snarky Puppy have made the move to Tama Drums. In our electronic review segment, we're going to talk about recording videos of yourself and getting them ready for social media outlets like YouTube, Vimeo, Facebook, and Instagram. We're going to talk in depth about the man on the cover of the May issue of Modern Drummer. That would be Mr. Jojo Mayer. In our gear review segment, Mike will talk about the GMS Special Edition kit, and both of us will give you our picks of the week. We've got a lot of stuff to get to, so let's get started. Mr. Mike Dawson, how are you doing, brother? Yeah, all's good. We're uh, heavy in Chicago drum show prep this week. I fly out on Friday, and I'm going to be there all day Saturday and Sunday, checking out a lot of cool old gear, some new gear, selling some of our own t-shirts, bags, stick bags, all, subscriptions, all kinds of stuff. So nice, it's always man. fun. Have you been to the? You've been there before? Yeah, this will be probably my third year in a row. I believe I've been exhibiting wow. there for us. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, I'm I'm a total gear nerd, so I just have a ball there. And it's so it's I'm assuming this is very different than Nam, right? I mean, how does it differ from a, a show like Nam? It's a lot smaller, first of all, but it's it's there's a lot of new stuff, but there's also guys bring their collections. They just fill a, wow. a a moving van or a box truck and just bring all their collections. So it's kind of like a swap meet slash trade show. Okay, and you can buy things there? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of times people actually buy stuff before the show even starts. They're out in the parking lot swapping snare drums and things. <laughs> I can't I can't ever go there. <laughs> I cannot go there. I don't take uh, cash. I just don't take cash. <laughs> good man. Good man. Very cool. So what's what's new with uh besides going that what's um going to that show, what's new with M D and stuff? Do you have new products that you're reviewing? Yeah, I spent this morning uh videoing some new Peisty PSTX uh effect symbols, which were like Tons of holes in them, splashes, stacks, high, high like they have the best part is the hi hats. It's like 10, 14, and 16 inch hi hats. Cool. Super cool. So I I spent the morning messing around with them, doing my best Mark Giuliana impression <laughs> for the <laughs> nice. video. And the PST is their kind of more affordable line, right? Yeah, these are super affordable. Nice. Which That's makes sense. Cool. I mean you're gonna be stacking them and just beating the crap out of them. So you know it makes sense. But they're a lot a lot of fun. I think I might actually incorporate some of the hi-hat ideas in my setup for real. Oh, cool, man. Very cool. Yeah, so that's happening, and I got a new snare drum over the weekend. I found the... Oh, really? When I was in Nashville three or four years ago, I hung out with Shannon Forrest, the great session drummer. He's out on the road with Toto right now, but he's he's on, like, every hit record I come out of Nashville. So he hit me to these Ludwig Chrome Over Steel snares. They're like student student model snares. But he's, he had one set up in the studio. He was like, hit that drum. Like, I hit it. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty fabulous. He's like, yeah, that's like a $100 snare drum right there. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Now, is this new or is this something they used to make back in the day? I think they were they were kind of like 80s, 90s. I could be wrong, but I, I don't know if they're making them anymore in that particular model. I know Got they it. have the uh, Super Lights, which is similar. So, yeah, Got I just it. been on the hunt, and I found one for the right price, and it came, and the head is all beat up and I'm not touching it. So it lived up to the hype? It sounds good? Yeah, I have to say, it sounds as good as my Superphonics and it's a quarter of the, of the price. So awesome, man. That should have been your pick of the week. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> it might be, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, come, we'll circle back around to it and get all the details. What's going on in your world? 
Just got back from Omaha, Nebraska. Um, did a uh, had to do a, a conference there called Big Omaha, and it was just um, a gathering of about a thousand young entrepreneurs and young CEOs of different companies. And so I gave a speech there, uh, pretty much about mainly just about how you can be successful in business without going the normal business route. You know, I. Every speech seemed to start, every speaker started with like, once you get your first round of funding, I was like, should I have gotten funding? <laughs> we didn't do that. We, we sold a lesson for a dollar and then we put that dollar towards our business and it kept growing, you know? So, um, so I did that. Unfortunately, my plane did not make it all the way to Omaha. So um, I was at about 1 a.m. We were supposed to land in Nebraska. And then I had to speak the next morning, but instead of landing in Nebraska, they alerted us that we were landing in uh, Des Moines, Iowa, Jeez. because there was like uh, tornado warnings in Nebraska. So we stayed in Des Moines until 3 a.m., and that's when they let us know that uh, the plane was also broken and <laughs> um, they had no replacement planes. So they just said, have a good night, everyone. They let us off the plane in an airport that had no employees except for a couple security guards and that was it whoa uh, yeah and i and i'm terrible with geography so i didn't know where iowa was in relationship to nebraska so i'm thinking like i don't know where i am like can i even make it to my thing tomorrow or to you know to my my speech so what i ended up having to do was in the morning get up really early go to the airport they had no flights that would have gotten me there in time and then i had to rent a car and drive from des moines iowa to Nebraska, which is about two and a half hours, and uh, just to make it to my speech on time. So yeah, so it was a uh, yeah a little bit of chaos, but it's a beautiful drive, and I got to rehearse my speech in the car in the Dodge Durango rental, and uh, it was all good, man. So yeah, did that, and now um, just getting ready for another drum camp. So getting trying to get prepped for that. You know, when you're teaching a drum camp, one of the toughest things is you might be able to play the material, and you might be able to teach the material, but you need to be able to. Pl- teach the material while you're playing it because you're in a room uh for me it's always eight campers and i'm sitting on the drum set and they're on their practice kits and i'm playing whatever i'm teaching them i'm playing it at you know uh pianissimo so that i can speak over the top of it and i'm trying to speak freely to them while doing it so it's not just enough to know the material or have it down i have to have it down to a level that i can play it super quiet at any tempo and speak over the top of it and keep teaching while it's going on so that's what i'm working on right now so enough about us. Let's get into our news, drum news. Uh, the, the biggest thing that came up or that I saw where I was like, what the heck is going on? Is that Peter Erskine and Robert C. Wright Sput from, uh, you guys probably know him from his band Snarky Puppy. They both moved to Tama. So that was kind of huge because I those are two guys that I would not associate with the the former branding of Tama. You know, Tama to me was kind of more of a rock drum set and I just wouldn't think of Peter Erskine and Sput. And then I know that the main reason they moved was because of their new Star Series. That's what they're both playing. Yeah. Um, now, have you had a chance to play the Star Series? No, no, I haven't. But when they debuted at NAMM, they had a big press conference. So they had a couple of their artists come in and demo both kits, the Babinga and I believe it was the Maple. And in a room, in a ballroom at a NAMM show, those drums sounded ridiculous. Really? They sounded like they were mic'd up like in the room it was pretty unbelievable so i'm not surprised that people are, are shifting once they hear them um and i'm not completely surprised with peter just because if I, I know he was he was with yamaha which is a japanese company for for years and now he's with tama and elvin jones was a tama artist 
a lot of people was he forget. Really? Yeah, they believe he he I think I ended on Yamaha, but at one point he was a Tama artist. And he was playing the the huge bell brass snare that Dave Grohl made famous. Well, Elvin Jones used to rock that thing. So, <laughs> so it makes sense. To me, it makes sense. And, I mean, they're just beautiful drums. And we actually got a, uh, when we heard he made the switch, we quickly got over to his studio and we did a gearing up story. So it's coming out in the August issue. So he kind of tells the whole story about, you know, why he switched. And, he you know, he wasn't even thinking about switching, but he heard the drums and that was it. He, he couldn't wow. he couldn't deny it yeah that's I mean that's one of the best reasons to ever make a switch or to pick a company in the first place is just the sound straight up the sound I, when I talked to Sput about it um, it was we talked about it about at Nam, but it was still kind of under wraps and then we talked about it later and what was great was he wasn't saying man I just need more support or I need more ads in magazines he was like you gotta hear these drums that was his whole thing you gotta hear these drums and that's that's to me like something that I can totally accept. I'd be a little bummed out if he just said, you know, I, I want more ads in the magazines or whatever. And it's like, oh man, like, come on, we got to play these drums because we love them. And I could tell he was genuinely juiced about the drums. So to me, it was like, cool, man. As long as as long as you love your drums as much as I love mine, and then that's all that matters. So yeah, right. That's good big. stuff. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get into our electronic review. In the May issue of Modern Drummer, uh, you guys kind of checked out the GoPro Hero 3 Plus Black Edition and kind of talked about it being a music bundle. But I want to also kind of talk about what it's like to make drum videos. And that's something that's really important, being able to sit down and think, okay, I need to get this thing that I've just created on the instrument. I need to get it onto the Internet. But I don't want the production value to kind of take away from my drumming and I have actually quite a few friends that say man like I feel like my drumming's pretty decent but once I upload it from my Blackberry yeah. onto the internet it really makes me seem like a worse drummer and it's actually doing damage to my personal brand yep. so I think that the GoPro stuff is really the entry level of where you want to go if you don't want to get too super technical but you just want to have great footage and decent sound and we can talk about the sound in a second but first do you have like any experience at all with gopros yeah we bought a couple for the office here so the early uh product review videos i did were with gopros um, okay in my studio i just put them up super high in the room and tried to find a good spot and it was the same thing i was like man i, I don't this is making me look bad this isn't this isn't working and then i, I realized it was all about lighting because i had no idea like lighting what's that you turn the lamps on and you hit record and it should it should duplicate exactly what I'm seeing, right? <laughs> right? Yes. And it does if you spend twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah. So the lighting was like okay. I've, once I figured that out and, and learned a little about the three point lighting or whatever, it's like okay, I can I can make these GoPros work. And then just trying to find a good spot for them because they have a pretty wide, a wide capture, which was nice. Um, it actually was better than my my Canon that I'm using now, as far as just getting more of the room. Sure. They're good. I mean, the audio was kind of unusable for my purposes, obviously, because I'm doing a, a product demo. So I had to use my studio rig and then sync up the audio later. But right. the image is great. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, the one thing that's great about them, if you're traveling, they're so small. You know, when I, every time I'm getting ready to go somewhere, I look at my, you know, DSLRs and my lenses and all that stuff. And then I look at this little tiny square that captures, you know, 1080p. Even at 60 frames per second, if you have the Hero 4. And I'm thinking, 
All right, I'll just throw that in my backpack. I don't even have to plan. I don't have to, you know, do a ton of settings inside the camera. So if you guys want to get into just recording yourself, definitely a GoPro would be a, a great way to go. Now, Mike was talking about the sound, and that is very, very true. The sound is massively compressed, which some of you will love. It's got a really cool sound. Instead of doing what like an iPhone would do, which is called clipping, where it just distorts because it can't handle the sound coming in, the GoPro will actually compress the sound and will give you this kind of John Bonham room mic sound, right. which I think is really cool. But if I was doing gear review like Mike's doing and I wanted you guys to hear what the stuff sounds like, it, it is not what the, it's not an honest sound whatsoever. But you might be surprised. It, it, it's not going to be a bad sound. It's just going to be a very compressed sound. So in a second, I'm going to give you guys a little recipe to stay under $500 to be able to get the GoPro get a good microphone and get an interface that'll go into your computer so you can start doing all of this stuff on your own. Now, do you guys do you know what GoPro you had? Do you know if you had the Hero 3 Silver, the 3 Plus? It's the Silver. We've had them for okay. a year or so, so it's cool. the older version. Yeah, there is remarkable difference be- or a remarkable difference between the video quality of going from the 3 to the 4. The 4 can actually record in 4K now if you go to the 4 Plus, I believe. That's a more expensive camera. You're dealing with like a $500 camera, but the the image quality is absolutely insane. Here's one thing you want to think about when you're thinking about filming yourself. Where are you putting it? It is absolutely pointless to be filming in 4K if you're uploading it to Instagram. They're going to compress and squash the heck out of your image. There's no need to have footage that high quality. If you're going to go to Facebook, it's even worse. Even though they have an HD setting that you can tell Facebook, when I upload a movie, upload it in HD, it's nowhere near HD. It's worse than the worst setting on YouTube. So really, YouTube and Vimeo are the only two places where your image could even possibly be seen in its full resolution. So I think getting a cheaper GoPro would be fine. Now, right now, the GoPro Hero, not Hero 3, Hero 4, the GoPro Hero, uh, if you go to GoPro's website right now, it's $129.99, so $130 for the camera. It records in 1080p at 30 frames per second. That's going to be more than enough for you. After that, you need sound. Okay, well, I wouldn't mess around with mixing boards and all that stuff. Just get one overhead microphone that won't clip. So you could get something like the Audio-Technica 2020. That's a $99 mic. You could get the MXL V250. That's probably like a $79 mic. And then that has to go somewhere, okay? So you put that into what's called an audio interface. And the M-Audio M-Track Plus goes for $79.99. That's gonna go from USB straight into your laptop or into your desktop computer. And then you're recording audio. And you just sync that up in any audio video program. You could get something your computer already came with something free, like Windows Movie Maker, um, or what does Mac come with? iMovie. iMovie. And all you have to do is hit your snare drum one time really loud while both devices are recording, and then you sync it up and delete the audio from the GoPro, and now you have your good audio synced with your good video. So that right there is going to leave you at, that's gonna be right about $300, $310 for the GoPro Hero, the Audio-Technica 2020, and the M-Audio M-Track Plus. And the M-Audio M-Track Plus is a two-channel audio interface, so if you wanted to add a bass drum microphone later, you could. Mm -hmm. So I think that gives you at least an under $400 recipe to record yourself and get good quality video that isn't diminishing your personal brand. Yeah, and I would say for a good tutorial on miking drums with just two channels, Apogee just put out a great video with, uh, with Matt Chamberlain. Oh, it's on YouTube. 
So just oh. check it out. Recording drums with two mics, it, it's kind of like you don't need more. It's done. Oh. If you guys can't hear that oh in my voice, <laughs> that I'm a huge, I'm a Matt Chamberlain freak, and Mike knows that, so he was appealing to that. Okay, so let's get into our cover story. The May cover story, if you guys haven't read it, go get the May issue of Modern Drummer. Uh, there's no way that you're going to really understand some of these drummers that you idolize and that we look up to until you start reading their stories because great writers and great you know interviewers like Mike and the other people at MD, they really get to the core of who these people are. And when you're done reading a six to seven page interview about one of our drum gods, you kind of feel like, all right, I think I know a little bit more about where that person's coming from. So in the May issue, the cover, uh, cover artist was Jojo Mayer. And who did it? Did you do this? No, Adam did it. Adam, or, okay. yeah, editorial director here. Yeah, he he met up with JoJo at the cutting room for the like the release party of his DVD, and they just hit it off. So he's like, "I'll do the story," and it was really good. The two of them had a had a great conversation. JoJo was like the perfect cover artist for us because he's not only one of the best drummers in the world, like undisputable, he's also a great educator, and he's also very opinionated. And he's also very intelligent. So to have a conversation with that guy, it's like every 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 response is like, oh, never thought of that. Or, whoa, you just blew my mind. Or, oh, I can go practice that. I was reading it on the flight to Nebraska, and I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking like, God, every one of his responses is something you could just, it's almost like a drum lesson itself. You could dissect it, reverse engineer it to use his terms, and just learn so much from and and the questions you know could be simple or complex, but he he has such a unique way of of kind of seeing things that his responses were really cool. Yeah, I mean he's such an artist, which is what I appreciate because he could just be a super drummer and just play really fast and and you know and be very successful. But he's yeah. always very conscious of that's not that's not all I am. I play the drums. I play the drums well to deliver my art, which is a little bit different than than some other. Super drummer, I hate that term, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, no, the uh, yeah, the Uber drummers. You know, we know who they are. They go in a certain category, and they're the people that have taken the instrument as far as it can physically be taken at the moment of time. And uh, I think that they, you know, those guys are specimens for sure. But JoJo, um, just like Benny as well, has the technique to be in that world, but chooses to be in a more musical um, setting and a more practical application type setting which is really cool because, you know, I remember thinking like, wait a minute, so I can go see Vinny play at the Baked Potato or I can see him tomorrow night with Shania Twain? Like, how is that possible? Yeah, right. Yeah, I guess he's the archetype for that. Exactly, yeah. So now, do you know JoJo personally? Have you ever spent any time with him? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say we're best buds, but I I introduced him at the Modern Drummer Festival back whenever that was. So I had to, you know, hung out with him for a good while before the show to get to know him and find out what I was going to say and every I mean every time I see him we have conversations but he's a character man he's a character (laughs) I think he's also really good for people to check out and see what it's like to be obsessed with something when you watch either of his DVDs the one thing that you have to come away thinking is okay there's no wonder why he's so good you know I, I don't wonder why he's good at technique after watching four hours of hand technique from him you know in the in the first secret weapons DVD and then the new DVD, same thing. It's like, good God, man, if you're thinking that much about your footwear, of yeah. course your bass drum technique is unbelievable. And I did talk to Benny Greb a while back when JoJo was just starting to develop his pedal. 
and Benny, you know, and Benny's pretty, you know, into things. I mean, he he does his homework, and he was like, you would not believe the collection of pedals JoJo has in an attempt to create the greatest pedal ever. Like, you would not believe how obsessed he is with this. I'm like, really? Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it was just, and, and I think that's something just to, that young drummers and new drummers, not young by age, but young by how long they've been playing, can take away from this thinking, okay, I shouldn't be bummed out about the level that JoJo's at and the disparity between JoJo and me unless I'm going to dedicate myself like that. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's 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 unbelievable how dedicated he is to everything he does. Yep, and I I know uh, one of my writers he he kind of came up on the scene with JoJo back early on, and he said you know that whole story about him walking around the subway clapping his hands. He's like that guy did that. That's not a that's not just an idea. I, we would see him walking around the city clapping his hands nonstop, and this would have been in like the early nineties. Dude, <laughs> I mean that's the thing. That's like what what blows me away is. Okay, he's done Modern Drummer twice, right? He did it by himself and then with Nerve. He did it when it has like an international showcase when he had the long Kenny G yes. hair. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And I remember, but even then, he was an Uber drummer. Like, he was so nasty. I was like, whoa, who is that guy? And then when he came back with Nerve, it was like, oh, okay, that guy just blew our minds again. And then the playing in the first uh, Secret Weapons DVD was unbelievable. And then the playing in the new DVD with the trio is unbelievable so um you know it's it's really cool to see somebody not just say okay i'm kind of recognized as as one of the serious cats i'll just stay here i mean he, he's just non-stop pushing yeah and i mean and he always comes out with something fresh his band nerve is is one of my favorite bands in the world and part of the story he was talking about how he was able to he's able to sustain a career without any label support without i mean it's all on him and he owns it and he makes the money when he puts in the work to to push the band and they're putting out eps every few months and they're, and they're he's he's got a fan base that'll that'll buy whatever he puts out so he's made his own career and he's he moved to new york and just made it that's really cool now do you know um does he do a lot of other stuff besides nerve as far as on the east coast in in a musical setting no, he doesn't. That's it. Okay. That's his project. He doesn't play okay. with other people. He doesn't do side man. He talks about that in the story too. About he he's he's a leader. He's not a side man. Early in his life, he did he did a lot of that stuff. But sure, now it's just all all him and nerve. That's cool. And, and I mean, that's one of the greatest things about seeing that band play is you're getting to see, especially the drummer, but I'm sure the whole band. But you're getting to see a drummer just be free in something he loves you know i i used to love watching john i could watch johnny rab play house music all night because he actually listens to house music you know it's not like a gig where he's like well i'll do this house thing i mean as soon as the house gig was over he'd get in his car and listen to house music so watching him play house music it's not boring because he loves it with his entire soul and watching jojo play with nerve you get that feeling too where it's like man I think Jojo would pay money to play in Nerve. That's how much he enjoys that setting, you know? Yeah. Which is cool. All right, well, let's move forward into our gear review section. So gear review is kind of near and dear to your heart because, you know, you and I have been friends for quite a while, and every time we talk about GMS, you turn into a little nerdy girl. (laughs) And I know that you're quite the fan of, of GMS drums. So this special edition kit that you got to review yeah this is kind of break it down for us how is it different than the normal gms custom drums it's completely different and yet completely consistent they 
years a few years back they tried to find a factory overseas to manufacture cheaper kits for them so they found a, a small family-owned factory that's very similar to theirs in new york it's they're not it's not a big factory that's making drums for everybody it's it's a small company they make drums to order just like gms does so this this particular line the special edition is being made by this factory in taiwan to gms's specs Everything it. about is you know, the shell thickness is the same. The plies are different, but the overall thickness is the same. So it's basically you're getting like a a GMS custom kit for a couple thousand bucks as opposed to five thousand bucks or whatever the the full on custom would be. And had I not known it was in Taiwan, had had the owner or the the vice president Rob Mazzella not told me, I would have thought it was coming out of the New York factory. It was pristine. It was it was top-notch and I have a lot of experience with GMS because one of the artists I work with had a kit made for him so every time I go down south to play I'm, I'm playing a GMS kit um, there's a house kit here at one of the clubs in New York the cutting room so I've played that a bunch uh, and so and I've gotten to know the guys there really well so seeing this kit come in I'm like oh this is another you know Tony and Rob made this kit nope actually it flew over from Taiwan wow. and it made it onto a record the first week I had it Really? Yeah, because it was in my studio. It just sounded good. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to change it out. I'm just going to use it. And this is the the white kit that's in the May issue. Yep, that exact kit. Okay. And what what was the sizes that you were playing? Twelve inch rack tom, sixteen inch floor tom, eighteen by twenty two bass drum, and a matching five and a half by fourteen snare, maple, all maple. And those those lugs are those specific to GMS? They are. That's what's different. They the the ones you get on the USA made are you know they're machined metal lugs. The ones coming from Taiwan are cast, but the basic design is the same. It has like a swiveling nut in there, yep. so the tension rod is always aligned. You won't get any cross threading. Got it. It's pretty cool. And it used to. Be, I don't know if you remember the old GMS that had the metal tube that connected the lugs. Yeah. Yeah. They got they got rid of that and redesigned the lug to have like a little like a little, uh, like a, I don't know what you would call it. There's something on the bottom of the lug that relieves the tension on the shell. Oh, wow. That, that replaces the need for the tube. Got it. So there's very minimal cool. stress on the shell. They're very resonant. And I've always been a huge fan of GMS's toms. I think they're some of the best you can find. And these all just on point sounded just like GMS drums. And what, I mean, stylistically, does this just spread the gamut? Can you play it in any genre or would you recommend it going for something kind of specific? That particular kit could pretty much anything except for like bebop, just with the bass drum being that big. But sure, I mean it has a real clean, focused sound. You could kind of do whatever you want with it. Um, I would use it in rock, pop, country, anything like that. And in your gear review, I'm assuming you got a chance to record this. Yeah, I did. I did okay. it three different tunings, like really high, medium, and then really low. And it was, I mean, tuning the kit. I wish I should probably start doing time lapse videos of the tuning. <laughs> Sure. sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, this drum just won't tune. But these, it was just, just turn the rods and it, it sounded good. That's awesome. Well, let's take a listen to that kit now in a couple different tunings.
right, everybody, it's time for our pick of the week. This is our chance to alert you to something that we think is valuable or cool or something that might just not smack you in the face throughout the pages of Modern Drummer. Uh, my pick of the, the week is something new from Canon. Uh, Canon makes something called the Nifty 50. And this, this lens is like a $100, usually about a $100 lens. And if you have a Canon DSLR, you kind of need this lens. And it, it gives you great depth of field. It's a super sharp lens, and it just looks amazing, especially if you're using it for video. Um, you want a wider angle lens to kind of capture your whole kit, but sometimes maybe you want just your snare drum to be in focus and everything further away than your snare drum, you want it to have kind of that blur to it, that depth of field. So the Canon Nifty 50 is usually what you want to go with, unless you want to get into kind of the $2,000 version of it, which is the... Um, Canon uh, 50 millimeter 1.2. So what the reason why I'm making this a big deal is because Canon has just announced that they're re-releasing or they're kind of reissuing the Canon EF 50 millimeter 1.8. So that's going to give you tons of depth of field, a lot of blur behind your focused image. But they're releasing it with the autofocus motor that comes with the $2,500 version. And so what that's going to give you is going to give you like almost completely silent autofocus when you're in video mode, which is really cool if you guys are running around or having somebody shoot your drum set. And it's just a very smooth, smooth motor. And the cool thing is it didn't really go up in price very much. It hasn't come out yet. It's about to come out in a couple weeks, but you can pre-order it and it's only $125. So if you have a Canon DSLR and it came with what we'd call a kit lens, maybe you have the T3i, the T5i, or maybe even a, a 6D or 70D, if you can't have the kit lens, you probably have a wide-angled lens where you can capture everything you want to see in the field. But you might want a prime lens that just gives you that great depth of field. And for 125 bucks, you can get the new Canon EF 50mm. Uh, you can get it, I'm sure you can find places directly through Canon's website, but I would definitely recommend B&H Photo. Um, it's just bhphotovideo.com. Uh, B&H is in New York, right? Yeah, it is. Or have you ever, I've been there once, and it was it was a problem for the credit card. Um, no, I stay away. God, that place is amazing. They have like movie cameras there. <laughs> I, I had things on my shoulders, and I was like, "Oh my god, we can shoot a documentary." But anyways, check out that lens, and you will be very very happy shooting yeah. drum videos. I'll be buying one of those for sure. So my pick of the week goes back to the uh, Ludwig snare I got over the weekend. It came with a Remo coated PowerStroke three batter head which I've been a fan of forever, but I always forget about it. So I wanted to remind myself and everyone else that that is probably the most un, you know, unsung hero snare drum batter head. It's got a muffling ring, a little, maybe a one inch muffling ring on the underside, and it has a uh, clear dot on top. It, it sounds amazing, and this head is beat the beat the hell it's there's like almost no coating left on it but the drum still sounds great and every time i hear a drum with one of those heads on it i'm like i want that drum i want that drum maybe it's the head <laughs> right <laughs> yeah man and i think it's good for people to know too out there that that head is not one of those heads that require a ton of tuning you know skill it, it is kind of a throw it on the drum tune it up decently and it just sounds great and it gives you a nice fat sound yep that's my pick that is sweet all right well that is all we've got for episode six of this podcast if you guys enjoyed this podcast please do us a huge favor and head on over to itunes rate the podcast give us a review 
that stuff really helps. We're not asking for any money, just positive reviews. If you like the podcast, if not, just stop listening now. And hopefully uh, the podcast does its job. And the job of this podcast, when Mike and I decided to do this, we taught, we had a dinner at NAMM uh, last year. And the whole point of doing this podcast was to make you guys feel in the loop a little bit more. You know, by reading Modern Drummer, by listening to the podcast, you learn the lingo, you learn the hip drummer's names, and you start to kind of feel a little bit more in the loop. And when you feel in the loop of something as daunting as the drum set and the drum industry, it makes it quite a bit more enjoyable. So we hope that you guys feel more in the loop through this podcast, and we will keep bringing you as much content as we can. So Mr. Dawson, I will see you soon, my friend. That's right, I'm gonna go hit some drums. Had a boy, I'll talk to you later. See ya.